Good morning, everyone. My name's Mike. I'm on staff here at the church, and I have a question for you. Has God been good to you? That's that, song, that second song, I nearly lost it. Uh, and then I realized I have to get up here and talk. So um, he has been so, so faithful, has he not? Amen. <sighs> Amen. I'm Mike. Did I say that? Mike, I'm on staff here as the director of outreach. Uh, we're here for family worship on New Year's Day. We got a great turnout. I'm glad you all came out here today. Family worships are a little bit unique. If you're a first-time guest, welcome. Uh, we hope to give you a gift bag on your way out if you didn't get one on the way in. But uh, it's a little, you know, more buttoned down. I can wear a hoodie and jeans, which is a little more my style. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a fun time. We can have a little fun. We can laugh a little bit. Uh, but there is a challenge for people who occupy the position that I'm in right now to preach because we have a huge age range in this room. We have, you know, from 5 to 95, right? I won't say we have old people in here because uh, you're not supposed to say that. Uh, but I was thinking about it this week. If you say, like, if you say somebody's older it's okay. Like if I say, she's an old lady, that's, that sounds bad, right? But if I say, she's an older lady, that's, that's good, right? Well, how does that work? Two letters make all the difference. So we have younger people and we have older people. And so what I want to try to do is bridge that gap. So we're all talking about from the old to the new. We'll be in Ephesians 4 if you want to get there. But we're going to kind of be a little bit nostalgic looking at the old days, old times, uh, things gone by, reminisce a little bit, uh, maybe in pop culture, I would say, and then compare that with what's new. And so this is to bring the ages together here. So you'll see how it goes. We'll start where we left off last week with the Atari 2600. This is old, right? If you were here last weekend, Christmas Day, uh, Pastor Mike preached, and he, uh, he gave gifts to kids, and then he took them away. <laughs> it's true. He explained it, but there was a lot of confusion. Kids were leaving like, Daddy, I opened up a fire truck. Why aren't we taking it home? <laughs> they just couldn't comprehend it, but... Uh, I supplied the Atari 2600. I'm a big gamer. That came out when I was coming up, so that's probably going to make me a lifelong gamer. But kids today, you guys, you don't know anything about the 2600 because it's all about PS5, right, Xbox. What are we up to now? Series X. So there's a debate in the gaming industry. PlayStation or Xbox? I'd like to do a little informal polling here. Who prefers the PlayStation? Hands up, nice and high so I can see. Okay. I'm looking to see where Harry voted because he's the authority on all things video games. Hands down, Xbox. Yeah, see, it's pretty split. Oh, wow, we got a whole bunch of Xboxers back, Xboxers back there. Not like you used to fight in the ring. Uh, but Harry, PlayStation? Okay, there it is. Settled. He's the authority. So now as we talk about handheld video games, there was a thing called the Game Boy. Kids, it was in black and white. I kid you not. 
I remember when I got mine. It was mid-80s. My parents and I were taking a, a trip driving from Syracuse, New York to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That is a long drive. Well, I must have been quite the pest because somewhere in Virginia, my parents stopped and bought me one of these. <laughs> and they didn't hear from me for the rest of the trip. I'm back there squashing mushrooms, saving princesses. Man, I was in my glory. But today, it's all about the Nintendo Switch. Who has a Nintendo Switch in the house? Yep, Nathan B., raise your hand. I like the Nintendo Switch. Uh, the controller's a little too small. Uh, you, know, it's a, you know, it doesn't really fit in my hand very well. But I want to show you something that I got Nathan, my boy over there, for Christmas. This is called the uh, Game Box. I was showing Harry this earlier. It's super light. Uh, it feels kind of cheap, but it has 400 games on it from the Nintendo era. So if those of you say, I'm not PlayStation or Xbox, I'm Nintendo, this is your, your item here. If you got an Amazon gift card, $20, 400 games. And you have Super Mario 14 we were playing in the back. It's the Japanese version. So check it out, man. It's a lot of fun. It has like... Uh, Contra, Excite Bike, Elevator Action, if that means anything to you. But that was one of the best gifts I thought we got this year. How about this? Televisions. <laughs> you know you had this monstrosity in your living room, right? You want to move it three inches, you need to get the whole family together. <laughs> and somebody's throwing out their back. I mean, that's, that's for sure. You know, it's a piece of furniture and a television. But today, flat screens, no big back, hanging on the wall. That's where we are in the new. How about this? Blockbuster video, a recent old. Now, who's with me? I'm throwback. I like blockbuster video. Go to the store, right? Hands up. Yeah, like you go pick out the video. You know, it would take longer to pick out the video than it would to actually watch it at home. I'd fall asleep. You know, but kids today, you know, maybe you see, there's one I think out in Washington, right? That documentary on Netflix, they're clinging to life out there. But today, it's all about streaming services, pick yours of choice. It's just not the same picking out what you're going to watch, though. You got to go in the store, read the back of the box, all that. So I'm old school on that one. All right, now follow me on this. You probably can't see that, so let me, let me explain it. That's music. Uh, we're talking music. <laughs> That is a vinyl LP, a record, okay, before my time, 1964. Then in 1967, the 8-track tape. Very short-lived. It's hard to find 8-tracks out there because the cassettes came right after. That's my jam right there, the cassette. That I was coming up, you know, making mixtapes for my boys. That was my thing. Then CDs. You can still find CDs around. Maybe some of you are still listening to CDs in your car. But then for many, it's MP3 going digital. Now, what's interesting in that last box, we've come full circle. Because you know what's available now in Walmart? Records. <laughs> have you seen it? Now, I have a theory why records are coming back. Uh, I'll share it with you, but I would like to solicit the, the crowd here. Who, right, just take my word for it. They're selling records in Walmart. Why? They sound best, better than a CD? Okay. 
It's animal. It, no. But, but you're, 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 in, you're in line a little bit with my theory. Any other thoughts? Nostalgia. Okay, I'm with that. Is it cheaper to make? Is that true? You got some data to support that? All right, you just made a claim. All right. I, here's what I think. People like to snap, crackle, and pop. They want to put the needle on the record and hear that sound, and that's nostalgia, brings it back. But in terms of quality, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's what they're going for. But today, of course, you're going to invite, so that's an invitation. All right, I'll, I'll be there this afternoon. Thank you, Miss Lutz. All right, now this one is not around anymore, the typewriter. This one is a huge jump because people, I don't know who's using a typewriter nowadays when you got Microsoft Word. No, no debate here, I think. How about this? You want to do a credit card transaction. I've operated one of these. I used to work retail. You know, you got the machine, sits there. You put the credit card in the little area there to, to hold it. And then you nicely lay the paper over the card and then you go you know you know this violent uh, motion wasn't for the weak like you could not be frail and work retail and do a credit card transaction nowadays it's stick the card in boop 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 you're done just not it's just not the same so I kind of like the old one there that that takes me back who had the Casio calculator watch who had one? All right, now we're in church, so this is confession time. Who, like me, had nefarious motives with the watch that involved math class, right? I think I passed a few tests with that. But nowadays, it's all about the smart watch, Apple watch. There's a thousand of them out there. Last one, last one here. The old way of spreading gossip and lies and having angry outbursts it was hard. Goss, you know, the gossip took longer to spread. Same with the lies. You want to get angry with somebody, you got to get face to face with them. Nowadays, we got social media. All right, that didn't go over the way I thought it was going to. I thought it would get more laughter. People are like, Mike, that's a little too sensitive, a little too truthful. Moving on. All right, so I titled this From the Old to the New. That's what we're talking about today old and new. Ephesians 4. We're going to look at these three verses, talk about it, look at a couple other verses. So if you would, please, if you're able to stand, we're going to read God's word, hear from him today. That's who you want to hear from. Ephesians 4 from the ESV. Word of God says this, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That is the word of God. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that we can gather together in this new year, that we can have a little fun looking back on those items, Lord, that you've provided. Uh, these are uh, things that, that we have uh, got to experience, and every good gift uh, comes down from you, our Heavenly Father. And so uh, as we turn to your word now, I pray that you would uh, 
work in this place, that you would speak through me and that your word would penetrate into hearts and minds such that we would be changed to looking more and more like your son every single day. And we ask this in his name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. So you see there, continuing with our theme of old and new, it says, put off your old self. And then later it says in verse 24, put on the new self. The first thing I want to let you know is that Christianity is transformative. It's radical. It's not just, well, today I think I will follow Jesus. I think I'll, I'll check the Christian box, whereas before I did not. And, and it's now something I've just added on to my life. It's not something you add on to your life. It is your life. And it totally transforms all that you are such that there's an old self and a new self. And it says, put off the old self. That would be the old things. The, the, it says, in the former manner of life. These are the things that we have repented of. If we're a Christian, we said no to. Lying, cheating, stealing, dishonoring mom and dad, blaspheming. All these things. Not having God uh, first. Having an idol in our, our, our life. You know, looking at the Ten Commandments, we can see these are the things that God says, I command you to repent. These are the old ways. If you want to look in the Bible in a chapter where you see kind of the works of the flesh, Galatians 5, and you see a whole list of very, very ugly things. But in that same chapter, you see the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Put these on. So when we come to Christ, we are to to put away those old things, the works of the flesh, those selfish things, like angry outbursts that I showed, and put on the fruit of the Spirit, the new self. And the Bible says something very radical, that we, if we're in Christ, we're dead to sin. Dead. You're looking at a dead man in a certain way. And if you're in Christ, you are dead too. Dead to that old way. It's the you know, some translations say the old man, right? And I heard a preacher one time say, he says, yeah, the old man is dead. The problem is we know where he's buried because we can go back to those old ways. And this verse right here is saying, don't do that. Don't do that. It's like putting on clothes, put, taking off clothes, all right? So kids, who likes to play outside like me? Like you go outside, you go outside and you're going to get dirty if you're doing it right, okay? But dad comes to you, mom, dad, whomever comes to you and says, hey, we're going to, uh, we're going to go out to eat. Anybody like to go out, go out to eat like I do? All right? What, kids, give me, a, give me a place that you like to go to right here. What is your favorite place to go eat? Any place. You can go anywhere in the world to eat. Chick-fil-A, uh, there you, of course, the Christian fast food right there. So, right, Chick-fil-A has a, has a certain dress code there, right? I mean, it's not much, you know, maybe shirt and, you know, shoes. But, but if you've got all dirty clothes on, Dad says, come in, I'm going to help you get cleaned up, and I'm going to put on some new clothes for you that are clean so that we can go to Chick-fil-A. What if... 
and insert your restaurant of choice that you like to go to, kids. You got all your new clothes on. You got cleaned up. You went back outside and started playing in the dirt and the mud, and you got them all dirty. Is Dad going to be happy? Sean, not happy. No, because he cleaned you up, put clean clothes on you. And the Bible actually uses this analogy when we come to Christ. We're given white robes, and it's the righteousness of Christ. So don't go back to those old sinful ways. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, anyone's a Christian, he's a new creation. Again, radical, transformative. The old, there it is, the old has passed away, behold, the new has come. I ask you, has God changed you? Every one of you. I ask that question, have you been changed by God? The old is gone, the new has come. You're not who you used to be. If you were a business you could hang a sign out that says, under new management. I have new allegiances. Well, really, one new allegiance. Loyalty. I used to be loyal to myself. I used to do what I wanted to do all the time. Now I do what he wants me to do. Again, it's radical coming to Christ. It's not like, well, I was a Steelers fan, but they're kind of having a down year. Look at the Eagles. I now will become an Eagles fan. And I just was... Doing that, now I do this. Christianity is not like that at all. I was watching uh, Seinfeld yesterday. You guys remember the episode where George Costanza was dating this woman, and uh, she's breaking up with him, and he's like, why? And she goes, well, my mom says it's because you're not Latvian Orthodox. And he's, you know, so he's like, really? And, well, I guess I'll convert. It's not like that. It's not like that at all. It's total transformation, and it's actually something that God does in us. So I ask you, has God done this in your life? Let's go back to Ephesians 4. We have the old self and the new self. Look at verse 24. It says, to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We have some big words there. Let's work backwards. Holiness, to be set apart. To be set apart from the ordinary or the common, and that's God. He is anything but ordinary. He's anything but common. And you and I are called to be holy, set apart from the world. We're not supposed to look like the rest of the world. We've been set apart. That's holiness. Righteousness, these kind of get interchanged, but they're not the same. And you could throw godliness in there as well. Righteousness is conforming to a particular behavior. And God is the standard of righteousness. All he does is righteous things. There's no darkness in him at all. So both of these things here, righteousness and holiness, are attributes or characteristics of God. These are what God is like. That's why it says you're created after the likeness of God. And so... Isaiah 5.16 says, But the Lord of hosts is exalted in justice, and the holy God, there it is, shows himself holy in righteousness. He's holy, that's why he acts in a righteous way. And we're called to do the same. The Bible says you are to be holy, for he is holy. We're not going to be holy in the same exact way. He's unique, he's God, we're not. We don't become God. 
but we're supposed to become like him. And without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's a, that's a heavy verse right there. Now, Ephesians, I think there's an unfortunate chapter break here because we were in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 5, 1 says, Therefore, draws our attention back, back to what was said in chapter 4, which is what we read. Put off the old self, put on the new self. Therefore, be imitators of God. You're created in his likeness, imitate him. Be like him. But you say, we haven't seen God. How do we know what God is like so that we are to imitate him? How are we to model our lives after him? And the answer is Jesus. Jesus, John chapter 1, verse 18. This is from the Amplified Version, so I'll read it a little louder. Because you laugh at that, but you don't laugh at the social uh, media thing. No one has seen God, that is, his essence, his divine nature, at any time. The one and only begotten God, that is, the unique Son, who is in the intimate presence of the Father, he, that's Jesus, has explained him and interpreted and revealed the awesome wonder of the Father. The Bible says, you want to know what God is like? Look to Jesus. Jesus shows up on the scene. He says, I and the Father are one. You want to know what God's like? Here I am. That's what Jesus says. And we are to imitate him. To be a copycat. Kids, you know what copycat is, right? You guys ever do that with your brother and sister? Just copy them? All right, let's try it right now. Okay, copy, copy me. Oh, you guys are sharp. Are you copying me? All right, you can stop now. <clears throat> I heard you, Pat. All right, I said stop. See, this is, and this is not what happens in the back seat of the car. Mom, he's copying me. I got, Pastor, they're copying me. So the main idea here, if you are a Christian, live like one. Live like one because what we think, say, and do matters. We're just being true to who we say we are. Christian means little Christ. You're, just, you're like Jesus. You look to Jesus and you follow him. The things he says, you do. Things he says don't do, you don't do. Okay, Live like a Christian because what we think, say, and do matters matters. So what I want to do here for the balance of our time is I want to give you a helpful visual of the Christian life because I threw some Bible verses at you and you're like, okay, you know, I'm kind of a visual learner, Mike. Can you help me out? I think I have something here for you. And this is one more old to the new. Guys, remember the overhead projector, right? Well, the overhead, we're not going to use an overhead projector. We're using PowerPoint. So we're going to the new here. But Living Water has been around long enough that we used an overhead projector back at the school in Rutherford. 17 years ago at the school, Pastor Mike preached a, a sermon where he brought out the overhead projector, the clear transparency, and did something similar to what I'm going to do. So 
Maybe you were around back then. You'd have to either, you know, you have to be there and have a good memory, uh, okay? Well, we're going to revisit this. Some of you are like, I wasn't even alive 17 years ago. Well, that's because Pastor Mike is old. (laughs) Not older, just old. But this impacted me. I was a brand new Christian back then. And this got stuck in my brain. And remember what we're saying, what we think, say, and do matters. That sermon that he preached, I remembered it this past week. And I even asked him about it. He's like, "Ah, you know, I remember doing it, but I don't remember the specifics. But I I do, and I want to share that with you. But this is a point, too, that I think fits with what we're talking about here. Again, for the kids here, I want to I bring it to your level so that you understand that the things that you, again, think matter. You say, well, whatever I think doesn't matter. God sees that. He knows what you're thinking, and it does matter. Of course, the things you say and do matter. Take you back 40 years ago. 40 years ago, 1983. I was uh, nine years old. I'm in my front yard, and... I'm by myself with my BMX bike. And my friends had gone off to ride their bikes, but I got left behind because the chain had fallen off my bike. And I'm out there trying to figure this out. You know, I'm nine years old. How do you, you know, I never knew the chain could come off, let alone how to put it back on there. So I'm struggling with it. And a woman, woman, a girl, she was like 16, 17 years old. She lived on the end of the street don't know her name, never really spoke to her, and haven't spoken to her since this day, she stopped. She was driving by, she stopped, and she helped me. She, she showed me first to put the bike upside down. That'll, that'll help, because I didn't have a kickstand on the bike, right? Because cool kids didn't have kickstands on bikes back then. Remember that? My parents, this bewildered them. They bought me a perfectly good bike with a kickstand, and I took it off. And I'm laying my bike down, and they're like, what's up with that? I'm like, well, cool kids don't have kickstands. And I'm a cool kid. What's so hard to understand about this? So, you know, she, she flipped it over, you know, showed me how to put the chain back on. A couple of minutes, it was done. I could go join my friends. Now, if we could summon that, well, she's a woman now. She's older than me. If we could summon her here today, I'll bet you anything she has long forgotten. She wouldn't have the foggiest clue what I'm talking about. But 40 years later, I remember that single act of kindness. We all can get this point. You can't say, I didn't know what Mr. Mike was talking about, because that point resonates with even if you're five years old. What you do matters. And so Pastor Mike preached a sermon, and it mattered to me, such that we're going to revisit it. So, I said it's going to be a visual. We're going, to, we're going to do a graph here. I'm going to show you. That's a timeline, okay? You're the little baby there. That's your timeline. Has your birth date to your death date. And I got my, um, I bought myself a Christmas present. I got this laser pointer, but this is no ordinary laser pointer. I got to be very careful with this. There was like all these disclaimers on it when I bought it. But watch this. Let me make sure I don't. Oh, can you see that? Where can I show it? You see that? I got to make. I got to not point it at the. Uh, can you see it up there? I got to make sure. 
Where can I show it? Over here? Oh, there we go. Look at that. Wait a minute. It does more things. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Like you can, you can point out like constellations in the sky with this thing. I'm serious. I was using it on my monitor and the reflection came back, caught, hit me in the eye for like a split second. I had a headache for two hours. I'm not even kidding. This thing is super powerful. All right. So timeline. All right. This is your life. Your life right here from birthday to death day. On this side up here, we have godliness. This is that holiness, righteousness, looking like Jesus. That's what's going on there, okay? Now, on our graph, we have a salvation line. This is faith in Jesus. And we all must come to Jesus at some point in our lives. There's no other way of salvation. Because if you don't cross that line you're in a danger zone right here. And if you live your entire life in here and you never break through this line and you're in that red zone, you die and you go to hell for your sin. That's a heavy thought, but we need to say it. The Bible's very clear on it. And so we must come to Jesus Christ and it is faith in Him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, many people think this is the line of how things work as a Christian. As time goes on, you're just on this steady climb of looking more and more like Jesus. You're growing in godliness, righteousness. And I'm here to tell you, that's not realistic, nor is it biblical. Okay? If you've been a Christian for any length of time, you know this is not accurate. Okay? So we're, this is kind of te how teaching goes. You give the wrong thing. This is not how it works. Others think this is how it works. You're just steady. Just, you're not growing at all, but you're, you're supposedly in Christ, but you're just, you're just kind of flatlining there. And I think the testimony of the New Testament is that is equally unbiblical. We are to grow. We are to mature. And you will. You will if you're in Christ. So these are not how it really works. So how does it work? Again, I, I'm kind of drawing this from the overall uh, testimony of Scripture. I think when you come to Christ, there's an initial, like, boost, right? This is where you, you got a lot of zeal. You just, you just got this newfound life. You're a new creation, and you're like, wow, Jesus is amazing. And you're telling everyone who has breath in their lungs about him. And you might even be a little bit annoying about it, like I was. You're reading your Bible, you can't get enough of going to church. You're serving. You're, 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 you're not doing those things that you used to do as an unbeliever. So isn't that true? When you came to Christ, certain things just fell off. You know, you stopped saying the bad words. Like, wow, my language is just cleaned up. I think that's what's going on here. So there's an initial spike, but then there's a downward turn. There's a downward turn because... You're, you're putting on the old self. You're, you're looking back on those sinful things, perhaps, that brought you pleasure. And can we be honest? There's pleasure in sin for a season. It's fleeting. It's fleeting. But I think we do a disservice when we just say it's, it's not something that people want. Well, why is temptation a temptation? It's because people want that. And it's wrong. But there is pleasure for a moment. And it carries a heavy heavy price tag. We talked about that right here. But 
we're in Christ, but we're not growing, and we're actually on the decline. We're starting to go back, rehearsing old, bad habits. But if you're in Christ, if you're a Christian, the Spirit brings conviction, and, and God disciplines His children. You feel awful about it, because that's not who you are. Remember, you're dead to it. But yet you're, 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 you're rehearsing it, and God says, that's not who you are anymore. You're putting on the old self. Put on the new self, and then you have that upward turn. And that's through conviction of the Holy Spirit and repentance. It's a daily thing, not just how you get saved. It's what you do as a Christian, as someone who's saved. But then you might go down again. It could be some doubt comes into your life. Bad things happen. You're struggling. You're struggling with the goodness of God. Is he really there? Does he really love me? And, and you, you go wayward. But again, if you're in Christ, there's an upward turn. There's an upward turn, and then it might happen again. But then there might be a real spike. And this is when you're beginning to figure things out. You're like, okay, I go and do those things that I'm dead to, that I used to do, those things that Jesus died for. My life's miserable, right? Because if you're a Christian, that's, if you're like, I can go do those things and I'm happy as a clam, something is wrong. You should feel bad. And, and a lot of that is the discipline of God, conviction. And so you say, I'm not going to do those things. And you begin reading your Bible. You begin serving others. You deny self. And you live for God and others. And you see exponential growth. And this does happen for believers. But then perhaps you kind of level out a little bit. All right? You don't plateau. Notice there's still like an upward, you know, it's, this is going up a little bit but you're kind of just like cruising along. You're on cruise control, you know? You're just, you're just no wild, erratic ups and downs and things like that. Uh, I, I think for me, this is kind of where I'm at right now, and I praise the Lord for that. Just steady, just doing those things that I know I'm supposed to do, trying to avoid those things that I'm not supposed to do, right? It's just, it's just, it's very, very steady. And, and the Christian life sometimes is like that. It's kind of mundane. But praise God for that. But then this is possible. A huge tumble. And we see this in Scripture. Who, who can you think of that's kind of on that trajectory and all of a sudden, shoom, right down. Anybody, just before Jesus uh, goes to the cross, this guy's warming himself by the fire. Who said it? Miss Fersner? Peter. Come on, say it louder. Peter. Peter denies Christ three times. Lord, I'll never deny you. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter had some great moments, didn't he? This was not one of them. All right? He'd open his mouth and say marvelous things. Then sometimes he would open his mouth and the foot would go in. Or he just outwardly denied Christ. This is a huge downward turn. And I think if you follow in the news in Christianity, this is some high-profile pastors have taken tumbles like this. Why? They've forgotten the basics, I think. They just got casual, got lax, and a, you know, an adulterous affair ensues. But some people believe that this happens. You go all the way down such that you have lost your salvation. Now, Good Christians, Bible-believing Christians, people who love Jesus can disagree here. 
Uh, I personally don't think that that is possible. And I think if I speak for our leadership here, the pastors, the elders, I can't say to a man 100%, but this this is uh, not something that we would hold to. We believe that God has got you and he will keep you. You know, these are, if you want some theological terms, the uh, perseverance of the saints, right? We hold to that. Uh, I, I like the preservation. God preserves us. Eternal security, right? Not, not a fan of once saved, always saved. You won't hear that a lot around here. But I believe that for, for someone like this, what I think is happening is 1 John 2.19. They went out from us because they were not of us. If they were of us, they would have remained. But the fact that they went out, fell into that danger zone, gave evidence or revealed they were truly not of us. I think that's somebody never did have saving faith. Because what, did, what happened with Peter? Jesus said, he said, Satan would have you and he would sift you like wheat, Peter. And he did right? It's sifting wheat, as I understand it, easy to do, right? He says, but I've prayed for you, Peter. We are held in God's hands. I don't think you would have to undo, if you notice, the line here went right through Jesus. I think you have to undo the work that Jesus has done on the cross to make us his child, to give us life. I don't think that eternal life becomes death at that point. I don't think we're adopted in and then we become orphans. So I think God keeps us and we begin on the upward climb again. Again, if you're in Christ, but you can take that big fall there. And then you kind of just ride it on out, you know, where there's periods of ups and downs and things like that. But I want you to notice here the trajectory. This is, this is going upward here. Yeah, there's this, but overall it's going upward, but it's not that. See the difference? It's, th this is more, so I think the question you should ask yourself here on the uh, first of the year is, where am I at on there? Where are you? But you want to go upwards, right? Growing in godliness. Now, the question becomes here, how do you do it? How do you do this? Let me share one more verse with you, and we're going to wrap up here. Philippians 2. Notice what it says here. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul is speaking to the Christians in Philippi. Who is to work out the salvation there? According to that, work out your own salvation. Who does the work? You do. And I do. That's what he's saying. Work out your own salvation. But it doesn't end there. For it is God who works in you both the will and the work for his good pleasure. You're not the only one working. There's two working here, you and God. Just like those pedals on the bike, once I have my chain on my bike and I can go join my friends, did I pedal with one foot? No, it's two feet. One foot pushes like this and then the other foot comes around. This is us and God working in our sanctification, two at work. You're not alone in this. Very important to remember. So the question is, how do you do it? Repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel is how you get in the game. That's how you get on the graph. Turn from sin. Turn to Christ. Trust in him with all that you have. 
Give that to all that He is. Then read your Bible. Read the Bible. Read other good books. We have a library downstairs. Many good books that will help you grow on this chart here. I like what a guy named Charles Spurgeon said. He said, visit other books, but live in the Bible. It's good advice. Listen to the Bible. Listen to sermons. There's a whole host of sermons out there on YouTube. You don't have to watch all the silly stuff on YouTube. You can watch good preaching, right? Uh, Podcasts. Listen to music. You know, do these things as you're driving in your car. You know, I, I, I have an earbud in my, in my ear at home when I'm, you know, folding laundry or doing the dishes. I'm not just folding laundry or doing the dishes. I'm getting spiritual nuggets into my head because I'm doing a mindless thing of like folding underwear, you know? I don't really fold the underwear. The underwear just gets thrown into a pile, but you know what I'm saying. You didn't, you didn't expect, you fold your underwear. I would expect that from you, Pastor Mike. How many were driving in today? I wonder if they'll talk about folding underwear at church today. But take advantage of those times. You know, I mean, get it all in. If you don't know how to get a podcast on your phone, find a young person. They'll help you, okay? Pray. Goes without saying. Of course, commune with God. Talk to Him. Tell Him everything that's going on. Pray continuously without ceasing. Fellowship. This right here. I love when people come to to church early. Mike and Lori, I don't know where you guys are at. You guys always come early, sit down, have a pastry. I get to go over and connect with you. If you come once the service has started, we don't get that time. Come early, stay late. My venture crew, you guys are great. We got to kick you out of here if time for the next service coming along because there's fellowship happening. And I would just say to people who have been watching our services at home, for months and months and months. I say this with all love and earnestness. It's time. It's time to come back. You go other places, you need to come to church. We're not fellowshipping right now. We're not, you're not attending. You're, you're watching a video on a screen. So I say with all love, we need you and you need us. I do hope you'll consider that. Evangelize. Talk with unbelievers. Go share the gospel. Share your faith. Many Bibles will have written in it, it'll say this book will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from this book. Right? Maybe some of you have that written in your Bible. It's a good little saying. I think the same is true about evangelism. Evangelism will keep you from sin. It will. And your sin will keep you from evangelizing. Works the same way. Small groups, get involved in a small group. We have community groups here. We have Bible studies. We have all sorts of small groups for adults and for kids. Look out for Get Connected. It's coming up. Uh, You'll hear about it this week. I would encourage you, don't just come into this place corporately together. Come here and get involved in a small group or meet at someone's home. That's where the, I would say that's where the real work of Christianity happens. Um, I would plug our Wednesday night prayer meeting. If you have not been here, it's really low key. It's really toned down. We have like just these sections here. We we sing a song. We we spend some time praying. Somebody gives like a time of encouragement. And then there's more prayer time and a song. Like I need that refreshment midweek. 
Wednesday nights, what time? 645. 6.45. May I encourage you to come out for that? I'm so glad I, I've been a part of that. Kids, downstairs, Wednesday night programming. That's, there's all kinds of small groups happening. Nathan and I were part of uh, Tyler's group. Uh, the, we were doing middle school stuff, and Tyler is great at what he does. We're sitting in there talking about life. He's, he's teaching appropriately, asking questions, answering questions. You need that. You really do need that. And last but not least, mentorship. This is that one-to-one where you really can grow on the graph. And I think every single one of us need to either be reaching down if we're more mature and finding somebody who's less mature and helping them along. And if you're not very mature, you just came to Christ, find somebody who's been a believer for some time and, and ask, would you mentor me? And if we're both doing that, reaching up and reaching down, uh, I think those connections will be made and you will find out you will really grow in Christ. So there's some thoughts, some things to think about for this coming year. I have no idea if I went over time. I apologize. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord God, thank you for the gathering of your people. We're here to worship you, Lord. We have done that through song, through offering up prayers. We'll do that in a moment as we collect offering, Lord you are worthy of all our worship. And what we think, say, and do matters. It does. And, and we want to represent you well to this world. We want to we have you smile at us. Look down and just smile and say, look at my son or daughter doing that which pleases me. Whereas Diane led off the service. Well done, good and faithful servant. Oh, that's what I want to hear. And I pray that we say that together, that we would grow, on, grow, and grow up into maturity and leave those elemental things behind and grow and look more and more like your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, as we collect this offering, I thank you for another year that we have uh, we've made it. We've seen another year. You've been so faithful to provide for us, to meet all of our needs. And I, I'm thankful for everybody who gives, who, um, who, the people who want to give but just can't. And Lord, th that is a reality, and we understand that. Would you make it so that they would be able to fulfill the desires of their heart so that we would give out of the abundance that you've given to us so that your name would be magnified as we sang earlier. And we do this all for your glory. Amen.